Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Sport of Business Podcast. It's great to be here with you guys. It's a beautiful spring here in the Midwest. And we're just coming off of our seminar in in, um, in Virginia at CrossFit Burke. I uh, wanted to give a quick shout out to Jamie for hosting us at your gym. You were awesome, man. I had uh, an incredible weekend. Uh, honestly, coming off of these things, it's uh, it's exhausting. It's a really long weekend. It's a lot of talking. My my throat is a little sore right now, but I'm experiencing one of these uh, sort of like tired but super energized. Uh, every time I get the opportunity to hang out with other gym owners and other other entrepreneurs, other business owners in general, I, I get really fired up because especially the gym owners, you guys are just so passionate and you, you guys really care about the people who have entrusted you with their health and their fitness, their well-being. And so it, it, it really means a lot. So from, from the bottom of my heart, guys, like everybody that was at the seminar, uh, everybody that I've talked to on the phone or has listened to this podcast, uh, you know, I said this a lot this week, and like, I don't take that lightly. And I, I feel very honored that you have, um, you know, chosen us, chosen 321 Go Project as a source, uh, as a trusted source for information to help you uh, bring your business forward. So as I said, it is a, a beautiful spring. I'm in Kansas City right now. Uh, I'm looking out my window at Boulevard Brewery right across the street. And uh, I think I should make mention that because coming off of this seminar, it's so fresh in my mind, I want to make mention of another weekend seminar that we're going to be holding here in Kansas City. So this is where I'm from. This is where my gym is. And I am super stoked about this one. I would love uh, for all of you to make it out here. Uh, it's guaranteed to be a good time. Uh, there will be, I mean, it is Kansas City, so there will be some barbecue. Like I said, we're right across the street from Boulevard, so beer drinkers, uh, sure to be a good time. We'll go check that out at a certain point, I'm sure, or maybe have them come in and do something. We'll, we'll see what we can work out. So if you guys want to take uh, the opportunity to be a part of one of these, uh, Kansas City will be a great time. Um, I'll I'll uh, personally show you my Kansas City, as they say. So uh, it'll be a good time. So check it out, 321goproject.com, if you want to check out that seminar. Um, again, if you guys have any questions, you can always email me, uh, reach out. But like I said, it'll be a good time. So I want to talk about some things that I took away from this seminar, and not just this seminar specifically, because obviously uh, not everybody that is listening to this was there. But the five things that I took away from this seminar that I feel like any business owner can use, whether you're in the gym business or not, uh, you'll be able to use a, a lot of these things. And these are kind of the five lessons that, honestly, I wish I had learned earlier on. I, you know, I made a lot of mistakes. And this is, this is kind of how I opened up the weekend was that the things that we're talking about, it's, you know, we never want to give off the impression like we have everything figured out or we have nothing, you know, nothing new to learn because that's just not the case. We're learning every day. Uh, we've made mistakes. We've changed the materials that we've talked about just from our experience. So, uh, you know, when I say these are the five things that I've learned, 
that's not because uh, I was the expert or I was born the expert. No, this is because I've I've made uh, plenty of mistakes. And, you know, my hope is that is that we can help as 321 Go Project, we can help other people uh, not make the same mistakes. So the first thing that I learned this weekend or my biggest takeaway and the one thing that I would have uh, wish I would have learned much earlier on in my business is that execution trumps strategy and strategy trumps tactics. Again, execution first. Strategy second, and tactics third. So we did this exercise where, uh, you know, I got up and I think it was probably the first talk that I gave, and I just asked for a show of hands. And, and the question I asked was, you know, who in this room has uh, pulled something off of the internet, like the, you know, number one way to get more members in your door, or you ran some kind of marketing campaign, or you signed up for some kind of service because you thought that it would help your business, uh, some kind of tactic or something like that. And, and honestly, pretty much everybody in the room raised their hand. And I asked about the results that they got from that tactic. And it was all mixed. It's worked for some people, it hasn't worked for, the, for others. And, and honestly, the reason I asked this question is because the day before I left to fly to D.C., I had probably the 50th call with the gym owner uh, saying that they tried some kind of marketing campaign that they pulled off the Internet or pulled off of Facebook, and they tried it, and it didn't work. And they had heard about some other gym owner that had tried it and got 20 new members or something like that. And honestly, it, it it was really it's been really frustrating for me to continually hear gym owners be so frustrated over pulling these tactics off the internet and having them not work. And and at the heart of it, the one thing that I want to drive home with this first thing that I pulled away from this weekend is that tactics are great, but it's the last thing in the line of your customer journey or, you know, of your customer story, of your brand. Tactics are the last thing. So let's unpack this a little bit. I'm going to work backwards. So what what is a tactic? A tactic is a cool-sounding marketing campaign. You guys all know these. You've been on Facebook. You've seen them. Like You've been in the groups. You know what these marketing campaigns look like. You know, it could be an event, it could be an email series, it could be any number of things that you download from somebody, either you pay for it or it's free, but you try this tactic to see if it's going to work. Why do you get mixed results from tactics? Because they're just that. You know what I mean? It's, um, you know, if I were to give you an example, it's like burpees are a tactic that you use in your fitness, you know, those of you that own an affiliate have probably heard this thing, oh, I, I can do that on my own. Or if you program a 5K, you know, somebody can say, well, I can do that on my own. I don't need a coach to do that. And, and typically the answer to that is, yeah, you're right. You can go run a 5K on your own. You can go do all of these movements on your own. There's nothing magical about the burpee. There's nothing magical about the thruster. Where it really begins to make sense is when you package up that thruster and that burpee into a week. And then you take that week and you put it into a month. You put that month and then you build it into a year. 
and you have progressions and a, a, a linear idea of how you're programming for your athletes, how you're going to make them better. So if you think about this, if we're going to use this example of the burpee, the burpee is the tactic. The fitness and how it's built into your program is the strategy. And then your athletes actually coming in the door and doing it, that's the execution. So when you when you sign up for one of these, you know, marketing services or or one of these like email campaigns or whatever the tactic is that somebody's trying to get you to sign up for, that conversation that you need to have is what kind of broader strategy does this fall into? For example, a lot of you know, I've been talking to a lot of people about our momentum platform and, and they're hyper focused in on you know, uh, drip campaigns and lead nurturing and marketing automation, because these are all buzzwords in the industry right now. But yes, these are effective marketing tools. But what kind of strategy does that fit into? You know, what retains your members longer receiving drip email campaigns? Yes, that's a great tactic. But how else? How, how can we build other tactics into an actual retention strategy? You know what I mean? Like your new members getting a series of eight or nine emails is one tactic along the journey. Integrating new members into regular uh, events inside your gym. Giving these members opportunities to bring their friends into your gym for things other than exercise. These are retention strategies. So remember, when you, when you hear about tactics, that's, all, that's, a, that's a small, that's like the burpee. You know, if I came to your gym and I was like, hey, why is your program effective? And all you told me was burpees, you're missing something. I'm probably not going to sign up to come into your gym. But if you said, well, burpees combined with this, put into a program that looks like this, will give you generally better fitness over the long term. Now, here's how we're going to execute on that. That's the biggest takeaway. Honestly, it, it, the business owner has so many distractions. If I were to pull up my inbox right now, I've got so many people you know, trying to get me to do this thing or that thing. Really, but nobody's actually asking me, what kind of broader strategy, what kind of data are we going to use to drive your marketing strategy or your business strategy? And then how are we going to execute on that every day? Honestly, guys, that's the important thing. Execution first, strategy second, tactics third. So you can begin to develop your spidey sense a little bit to understand, all right, is somebody just leading with this tactic? Is somebody leading with this burpee? If so, let's pump the brakes a little bit and see how this fits into a broader data-driven strategy. And then how do we execute? All right. My second biggest takeaway from this weekend and something that I wish I would have learned earlier on in business is that the number of members you have, the number of locations that you have, and the square footage that you have doesn't matter. You can have 10 locations, you can have 10,000 members and be miserable and be hemorrhaging money. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, Entrepreneurship is about the lifestyle that you want to live. I mean, let's be real. Uh, there are plenty of other ways to make really good money that aren't nearly as hard as being an entrepreneur. So why do we choose entrepreneurship? 
because it's our ability to self-actualize. It's our ability to live the life that we want to live, to not have to answer to anybody, to build a life, you know, like to make that day exactly how we want it. And for me personally, this weekend, I looked at this weekend and I was like, man, this is my perfect day. Like, this is the day that I want to be living every day, hanging out with gym owners, like having a good time, working out, high five and going to happy hour. Things like that are super fun for me. And, and so I was really struck with this idea of, you know, why are we drawn to entrepreneurship? Like, why do we want to be business owners? And really at the heart of it, it's to live a lifestyle that we want to live and to make our own choices. And I would imagine if a lot of you were completely honest with yourselves, that's why you got into business in the first place. You know, whether it's to like stick it to the man or leave a corporate job, whatever it is, the reason you got into business, I bet you really love the fact that every day you get to wear what you, you know, whatever you want to wear, you get to train your staff, however you want to train it. Like you can really self-actualize in the freedom of entrepreneurship. So Understand that first. Understand why you got into business first. And then these, you know, performance indicators, these metrics like how many members do you have, how many locations you have, those things then begin to matter. But not until you've established what kind of lifestyle you want to live. You know what I mean? If you enjoy, you know, vacation, if you want to go on vacation, if you want to take weeks off at a time, if you want to work a six-hour workday, things like that, you know, define those things and then build your business around those things. Because if you're chasing more and more members, more and more locations without ever taking a minute and see, okay, well, how much is this going to cost me, you know, both monetarily and in time, and what will this do to my lifestyle? Now, if that's the lifestyle you want, by all means, go and do it. But make sure that you're starting with the lifestyle first. And then members can come later. Your expansion can come later. But build the lifestyle that you want. Make sure that you're living that lifestyle. And then begin to scale from there. Because if you're not living your lifestyle, when you then go to scale, you'll probably be completely miserable. Because more members won't make you happy. Another location will not make you happy. It's going to be an additional stressor. So define that lifestyle you want. Live it for a while. Get it on autopilot. And then think about these expansion plans. Because I know plenty of gym owners. They got a bunch of lo- they have a bunch of locations. They've got a ton of members. And they're, prob- you know, they're not profitable, A. And, the, and they're miserable. They're spinning their wheels trying to make this thing work. So before you get down that road, evaluate what is important to you. What is that lifestyle that you want to live? So the second part of this, point A on this, is that you don't need to compare yourself. I know that, like, you get on social media or Instagram or face, you know, all of these different things, and you see these gym owners, and you're like, man, I wish my gym looked like that. You know, one day I want to be like them. Or maybe you're saying, I'll never be like them. Now, don't get me wrong. It's completely okay to look at gyms that you want to emulate and work toward. But you should not make that goal or that gym that you want to look like or maybe that gym owner that you want to look like and and think, you know, 
and compare yourself and beat yourself up. Use it as a motivator, but don't remember if you're seeing their stuff on social media, that's the best thing that happened to them that day. I mean, that's the biggest takeaway is that if you see somebody post some awesome thing about their gym or their members or their revenue or their growth or their extra location, that literally is the best thing that happened to them that day. So don't look at it that way. Like you don't see these gym owners when it's just them at home or when they're struggling or when they're stressed out or what their day looks like. You don't know those things. So don't beat yourself up over it trying to compare yourself to these other business owners because when you see it on social media, that's honestly the best part of their day. All right, I think that's all I have to say about that. I won't give any more tangible examples of it. This is something I'm guilty of, guys. So I'm not I'm not saying that this is, you know, that I have this all figured out. Certainly, there are people that I look up to and I beat myself up because I look up to them, and that's a bad habit to be in. But just understand, if it's on social media, eh, that's probably not reality, right? Third takeaway from this weekend and something that I wish I would have known much earlier on is that stories matter. Here's what I mean by that. Your story, the story of your gym owner, the story of your culture, of how you were founded, that matters. People resonate with that. That is actually what today's consumer is looking for. Somebody uh, somebody posted something. I saw this come across my newsfeed. So uh, whoever put this on there, I owe credit to you. This is not mine. But I saw something come across that said, people buy with their hearts, not their heads. People make purchasing decisions with their heart and not their head. I mean, we see this all over the place, both in like, you know, like self, think about your cell phone as an example. We use this all the time. But, you know, are you an Apple or an Android? There's like an identity there. You know, same thing with the luxury automobile industry. Like, You know, yeah, it serves the same function, but there's an emotional aspect to the luxury automobile. And that's why stories matter. And especially in our economy, there's this really, it's it's become really in vogue in our economy to uh, give preference to local businesses and entrepreneurs and startups. Like, that's a big thing right now. And, you know, it's a big, it's on the forefront of, of, you know, certainly the American national agenda and psyche. So it's important that you as a small business owner begin to leverage the mindset of the consumer and share stories with them. You know, share your story, share stories of your members. We did an exercise this weekend where we each came up with ideal client personas. You know, that ideal, that member persona, that person that if you could train them all day, every day, if you had 100 people just like that in your gym, You'd be super happy. And then we, we use this story as a through line for the entire weekend. So, you know, Betty, for example, you know, stay, let's say Betty's a stay-at-home mom. We repeatedly told Betty's story. And we talked about ways that we can share Betty's story. You know, what is her pain points? You know, what are her pain points? What is she scared of when she first comes in? What does her schedule look like? What do her, you know, what does her life with her family look like? Tell that story. You know, listen to listen to Betty and then tell her story because these are the things that matter. Again, nobody's coming to you for burpees and thrusters. Uh, people are coming to you because they see themselves 
in your story and the story of your members. So it's really important that you begin to formulate that story and get it in your head. What is, like, what are we about at our core and what are our members about? And this was really interesting to be able to teach this to people because as an organization at 321 Go Project, this is our new uh, tagline. This is our new focus is telling stories because this is we realize that this is how people digest information in a news feed, in a story, on Snapchat, like glimpses into people's personality. You know, it's no longer just like, oh, I drove by, drove by a billboard on the side of the highway. No, it's I heard a story that I could resonate with. And that's how people are making decisions in our economy. Stories matter. That's lesson number three. If you tell story, I mean, I ask people, I ask the room, I go, you know, who feels like you're in a crowded marketplace? You know, who thinks that CrossFit's growing too much or, you know, uh, or Orange Theory is, is, is getting into my market share? You know, if you tell stories, if you tell the stories of your members in your gym, you will, you will be doing something that nobody else in town is doing. Tell the stories of your coaches. Tell, tell your stories as an owner, those of your members. That is such a quick and easy way for you to differentiate yourself. If you're not doing that and you feel like the marketplace is crowded, try it. Try to begin to tell stories. Don't tell me what. Like, tell me who. Who is doing these things? You know, allow me to visualize myself inside your gym. You know, tell the stories of a guy just like somebody else out there. You know, they'll be inclined to bring in their friends. You know, it's such an easy way to differentiate. Your marketing material already exists. You just need to go out there and mine it. So, again, lesson number three, stories matter. So, the fourth lesson. So, this is really interesting. This is something that I have been thinking a lot about in my own business. And we started to talk about, uh, you know, an ideal lifestyle that business owners want to lead. And You know, as, as, as we talked about in, in our second lesson. And I, I said something for the first time. I've never said it publicly. I, I, you know, I've, I've written it down. I've been thinking about it in my business. But this is the first time that I actually spoke this to a group full of business owners. And here it is. Business, when taken to its logical end, has one of three outcomes. There are only three outcomes when business is given enough time. The first outcome is that you go out of business. You fail. The second outcome is that you sell your business or you're acquired. And the third outcome is that you pass this business on to somebody else. It was pretty intense. Like when I said it out loud, like the words were leaving my mouth and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm actually saying this out loud right now. And and the reason that it was so impactful for me is that I've never heard it before. Like I've never heard anybody actually say the logical end of all business. And that's really what it is. I mean, if you, I mean, yes, there are a couple of like 
you know, you can you know, step away from your business and have it be a passive source of income. You know, that's sort of like passing it on, perhaps. But, but broadly speaking, chances are your business will meet one of these three ends. I mean, there's a almost uh, an absolute certainty that you will go out of business, you will sell your business, or you'll pass on your business. And that's a powerful thing because those are pretty, you know, if you have decided that you don't want to go out of business, then you kind of have two ends. The interesting thing about that is that it's going to force you to make some decisions today. You know, I know that you're like probably in the weeds on your day-to-day management of your business, but it would really be beneficial if you took a moment and thought to yourself, well, I need to build a business that I can pass on to somebody or I need to build a business that I can sell. And that's going to take a lot more than managing the day-to-day. That's a little bit of a gut check. You know, if you're just trying to survive day-to-day, you need to start thinking about the end game. There's a book that I love. It's called Built to Sell. And it's about this very thing. If you have no plans of, of selling your business, you should build it as though you plan to sell it. That is the marker of a robust business. Think about it. Like when you go to like trade in your car, I mean, do you do you trade it in at like in its most dirty state? You know, you've got like crap all over the carpet. You haven't even detailed it. No, you polish that thing up before you go to trade it in. So if you think about your business in a way that you're going to pass it down to somebody, so I'm, I'm guessing if you pass it along to somebody, that somebody is, you know, a person that you trust. Uh, maybe it's a, you know, one of your children, for example. Or if you're going to sell your business, I'm going to assume that you want to get maximum value for your business at the time that you sell it, if that's a part of your retirement plan, for example. You need to begin to make decisions today. In fact, every decision that you make today will either make your business to where it will meet one of these logical ends. So decisions that you make today will either have the consequence of you going out of business, it will create a more robust business that you can then either sell or pass on to somebody else. But there really aren't any other choices. And this is kind of a harsh reality that I think a lot of entrepreneurs need to come up against. You know, we have all of this energy around, you know, opening and then you're, you hit break even and then you hire your first staff member. But think about it. Where do you want this business to go in the end? What's the logical end of your business? So think about it and then try to make, you know, one or two decisions a week that move you toward that end that you want. Hell, you may even do this exercise and realize that I don't want to put in the work to build a business that I can sell. That sounds terrible. I actually just want to work out and coach people. So you may decide, wow, maybe the best course of action for my business is to go out of business or sell all of my equipment or try to get acquired by a larger gym. If you think that I don't really feel like putting in the work. I don't think I can put in the work to create a robust enough business to sell. Then maybe it's time to reevaluate what does that perfect day look like? What does your lifestyle look at? When you take kind of a good look in the mirror as to where you want your business going long term. So I don't want to end on a Debbie Downer note. So here is the fifth takeaway that I can give from this weekend. And it is... Rip off the Band-Aid. 
but clean that wound every day. I don't know. Was that a gross analogy to think about? Sorry. Sorry if it was. But honestly, uh, we did an exercise. We talked about content marketing this weekend, and we did an exercise. I forced everybody to get on their camera and make a 30-second video. So I gave everybody five minutes to make a 30-second video. Probably about half the room completed the task. Why? Because it's really difficult. It's embarrassing. You're going to overthink it. But rip that Band-Aid off. There's, I, I promise you, you, you're listening to this right now, and you can think of like two or three areas in your business that you need to rip that Band-Aid off. Maybe you need to raise rates. Maybe you need to fire somebody. Maybe you need to adjust your schedule. Maybe you've got a problem member that you need to ask to leave. Rip that Band-Aid off and then clean that wound every day. So it's easy to make a one-time impulsive decision, and, and this is kind of my wrap-up talk from the weekend, is I told everybody, like, you know, you're really inspired right now, and you've got a list of 100 things that you want to go back into your business and do, but honestly, those things don't mean anything. Like, they really don't. That list of, those lists of things, that business that you want, it doesn't mean anything unless every day you take a small action towards that end. Remember that first point, execution trumps strategy. So we spent this entire weekend talking about strategy, strategy, strategy. We brainstormed a couple tactics that fit into an appropriate strategy. But at the end of the day, Monday morning comes around and you got to clean that wound. You rip that Band-Aid off, make a key decision, and then clean that wound every day. Just small actions, one at a time, will lead to awesome results but you have to every day make a decision complete one action that day moving your business to where you want it to go where all the strategy in the world all the tactics all the marketing campaigns all the events all that stuff honestly won't mean anything unless you take that little step every day moving towards the lifestyle that you want so there it is guys my five takeaways from this weekend and the five things that i wished I would have known when I first got into business. I learned all of these things through uh, years of mistakes, uh, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of mistakes. I learned these things, and, and I'm, I'm super thankful to share them with you. Uh, and speaking of sharing, guys, please share this show with a friend. Uh, if you found this valuable, uh, share it with another gym owner or even another business owner because uh, these principles apply, honestly, to, to pretty much any business. Um, so subscribe on iTunes, leave us a review, tell a friend, guys. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your week.